Okay. So, um, I'm just going to do part two. Last week, we did part one. No, not last week, the week before. Part one of what on earth is going on. Now, we've been doing this from Ephesians. We've been going through Ephesians 5. And so when I was reading Ephesians 5, um, I got to, to verse 10 to 14. And something that the Lord has really, really laid on my heart for the last few months, oh, in fact, it's probably longer than that, is what I'm going to preach on. And so I read this verse 10 to 14, and uh, it just seemed the right time to, to talk about it, especially with what's going on. So my, my um, title was, What on Earth is Going On? So I wrote this all together and then realised that actually... It was in, I couldn't do it all in, in, uh, in one, so I needed to do it in two parts. So I'll just read uh, verses 10 to um, 14. This isn't on the thingy. Um, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And so last week we looked at what is going on with, with you know, uh, COVID-19. Uh, and so I, you know, went through various bits. I re uh, read a prophecy where it was, um, you know, somebody had seen a harvest field and it was all beautiful and it was nice. And then the army came and said, you know, uh, there is a battle coming. And so we then looked how Satan deceives the whole earth. It's what he is, it's what he does. And um, lying, and we talked, we looked at John 8, 44, where, John, where Jesus says to uh, the Pharisees, you are the offspring of your father, the devil, and you serve your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth, but he's... Uh, for he's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is a master of deception and the father of lies. So we established right from the start that Satan has always lied and he always will lie. And so then we looked at Revelation 13, 16 to 18. And then I went through some, some things that I wanted you to think about that's going on at the moment. Uh, and so we looked stuff you know um, to do with COVID-19 and so the second <clears throat> part um, I'm going to carry on with uh, and I want, again I will clarify that I believe that we as the Church of God will not experience anything that I'm going to talk about today because I believe that the rapture will take us out before the Antichrist is revealed but it's good to understand and look at what is already in place for the Antichrist system and the beast system to, uh, to be on the earth. And so, as I say, we looked at some of the things that were going on with COVID-19. And now we're going to look at um, another section of Revelation 13. And it's 11 to 18. Sorry, 11 to 15. And then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast 
and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast, who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. And this is a very strange passage. In fact, a lot of, pe- a lot of preachers don't, don't preach on Revelation because they just don't understand it. But I think it's absolutely vital that we do understand by the, by the Holy Spirit what Revelation can teach us. And I've always found this particular passage really quite hard to imagine how in this culture and in this day and age, how people would bow down and worship anybody. But then I was reminded of North Korea and how the people there are made to worship King Kim Jong-un as God under fear of death. You know, they, anybody who speaks against the government or anybody who, you know, steps out of line, the pictures on the TV are all of, you know, the, these people marching in absolute line. And, it, you know, it, it, North Korea is a communist state and, you know, and so they are put under fear of death for anything that they do against the government. And so I'm asking, so I'm just thinking, is this what will happen? Because this happens in the tribulation. Okay, so anything I think from uh, Revelation probably 5 is, uh, I believe, happens in the tribulation, which is when the church will have been raptured uh, and the Antichrist is revealed. And so I thought, how could all of this come to pass? Will the world be so bad in the tribulation under the leader of the one world government, the Antichrist, they will bow down and worship in fear of their lives. And it really doesn't bear thinking about, does it? How could all of this come to pass? And is it in place now? Now, it's been really interesting, as I've sort of done the uh, studying and researching for this, how artificial intelligence is possibly a way that these things in Revelation 13 will come to pass. And I've been listening to some things on various prophecy websites that talk about artificial intelligence. And to be honest, it's quite scary what is already in place. And I I am by no means an expert. And so some of the stuff that I say to you today, I'm only really barely understanding. But it is worth looking into. If you're interested in this subject, it is worth looking into how far artificial intelligence Uh, has gone so far. So we already know about smartphones, we all have a smartphone, Echo Dot, Alexa, Siri, you just speak to the, you know, to Alexa or Siri or whatever, and you can ask it anything and it will immediately uh, bring you the answer. You can also control almost anything in your house from your smartphone. You know, you can, if you're in uh, London and you're coming home to Birmingham, you can 
put something in your, uh, in your uh, you know, uh, an application on the phone that allows you to put the heating on, switch the lights off, open the door, see who's coming, who's knocking at your door, you know, by this ring thing. It's all very much, you know, smart and in place. Um, we've seen smart uh, motorways being put in a lot of roadworks on, and all of the work that's been doing, or some of the work that's been doing, is putting more, um, you know, receivers in, making them smart motorways. And they're working towards things like driverless cars. They're actually trialling driverless cars in Cambridge. And in America, they're doing driverless trucks, which really is very scary to me. Um, and eventually, smart cities where everything will be linked. So it's all going towards us, you know, being more... Uh, you know, everything is, is, you just press your phone and, and, you know, you can do things like that. And I think, uh, well, I'm, you know, this is, you know, my, my research, artificial intelligence will eventually replace half the jobs on the planet. And you can see that coming. It already has, you know, from right where it started, I don't know how many years ago. Computers have, you know, replaced human beings so far and will continue to do so. Um, artificial intelligence is already at the back of a lot of the things. Um, it's, it, it will control everything from medical, agricultural, communications, food distribution. This isn't going away anytime soon. It's only going to get, uh, you know, better. In fact, I learned that the infrastructure to control the global economy has been in place for some time. Holograms. I don't know whether you've ever seen um, concerts where they've bought a hologram of Elvis Presley or Bob Dylan and done a song with them. I, I mean, it's just amazing. And what I've been, when I was researching, hologram, uh, three, uh, you can have a 3D hologram and combine it with AI technology and it can be made to look like anyone and can interact with anyone. And I personally think that this is how people will be made to worship the image of the beast in Revelation 13. Now this is called the giant. And it says, on when I was looking at it on the internet, it says the giant is a proposed concept that would be the world's tallest moving statue. Inspired by Gulliver's Travels, the work was spearheaded by Paddy Dunning with the support from Berlin-based architecture studio Dan Perlman and Enterprise Island. The sculpture is designed to sing, speak, and move its arms and head. Now, what does Revelation 15 say? He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now, this statue can you just put the picture back up again this statue is currently going around 21 cities in america and it can be made to look like anybody so that is in its you know um sort of basic but imagine i don't know who that is but it can be made to look like anybody that's really really interesting and it can be made to look i would imagine like the antichrist who gives the command that anyone who's refusing to worship it must die. And like I say, this doesn't even touch the tip of the iceberg. And if you're interested, there is a ton of stuff out there on the internet that you can search for for yourself. It's, and, and it, you know, it's, it's really interesting. 
um, you know, if you want to start doing. There's a lot of prophetic websites. I'm going to, I'm going to put the, the prophetic website that I looked on and, and, and some at the, end of the, at the end of the talk. But it really is scary what is out there, uh, you know, that, that we don't even have a clue about. You know, I couldn't even begin to tell you. In fact, because I don't know. But I know that AI is really, really very far advanced. President Vladimir Putin says, whoever controls AI controls the world. Well, I think we all know who will eventually control the world. It'll be the Antichrist. And albeit for a very short time, because it's only seven years, and in the grand scheme of things, seven years is not very long. Um, but what a time that will be. If, if, we, if for those who are left behind in the tribulation, it will feel a lot longer, trust me. Jesus himself said in Mark 13, 20, unless God limits those days, no one would escape. But because of his love for his chosen ones, he will shorten that time of trouble. So I looked at another thing that I think is probably going to get worse or, you know, more of. Transhumanism. I, probably most people have heard of, trans, of the word transhumanism, but I don't know whether a lot of people know what it is. So here, here goes. Transhumanism is the optimistic belief in the enhancement of the human condition through technology in all its forms. It advocates belief in fundamentally enhancing the human condition through applied reason and a corporeal embrace of new technology. Corporeal, corporeal, just means alluded to the body. It's rooted in the belief that humans can and will be enhanced by the genetic engineering and information technology of today, as well as anticipated advances such as bioengineering, artificial intelligence, and molecular nanotechnology. The result is a continued duplication of Homo sapiens enhanced or augmented, but still fundamentally human. Now, um, the thinking is within the scientific community that all of this, um, you know, the transhumanism and, and things called the singularity, they, they, they understand that this is the way that humans can live forever without God. Okay? So, it reminded me when I was talking when I was thinking about this about the Tower of Babel, which was back in the in Genesis, where you know people got together and they built this Tower of Babel, and they said, you know, we can you know we can do what we want, uh, you know, without God. And so God had to come down and say, actually, if if we don't do something about this, they will. Uh, you know, do they, they will be able to do what they want to do. And so he confused the languages. But the point is, God stopped what man was doing. The EU building in Strasbourg is in the shape of the Tower of Babel. And I don't know whether that is a, is a coincidence or whether they are saying, we can do this without God and we will succeed. Elon Musk said about artificial intelligence, with AI, we are summoning the demon. Now, this is Elon Musk, who is a very, very, very clever man. And so, um, I don't know what he was asked about, but he understands 
that artificial, with artificial uh, intelligence, we are summoning the demon. In fact, it's known that if, if, advance, if advances in artificial intelligence keep going, then it could take over humanity. Because he then says, we must control AI before AI controls us. So he knows, probably better than anyone, the potential of artificial intelligence. He's invented something called the Neuralink, which enables a brain chip to be implanted to help paraplegics to regain their limbs by syncing their brains with AI, which is great and I've nothing against the, you know, people using where they've lost limbs. But let's think about this for a minute. If you can sync your brain with artificial intelligence to, you know, move your, your limbs that you've lost, then how far does it stop? Or how, how far can it go? And uh, Elon Musk is a real-life Tony Stark, by the sound of it. And those who know the Marvel films will know who Tony Stark is. He was the one who invented the Iron Man costume and all of that. But unless you know who he, who he is, I won't explain it to you now. But actually, if we want to know the future, then sometimes we can look to Hollywood. But that's another story completely. If you, if you want to see, and, and I have known a lot of people who have respected in Christian circles who have recommended films that say this is where the future is heading but anyway that's another story so what are we going to do about all of this what is our response to be and as I said last time I believe the Bible says that the Antichrist will not appear on earth until the body of Christ has been raptured into heaven and so I'm going to do it. I'm going to read a second prophecy. Now, like I said last week, I don't read much prophecy because, you know, there's a lot of it out there. But I do believe God leads you to prophecies that he wants you to read. So this was one, uh, the 27th of June, by somebody called Rosie Godfrey. And this is a word for the church. She says, I've sensed for a few months that the church is in a season of turning. I've seen a huge ship that is correcting its course by 45 degrees, and we are in that slow process now. It takes time, as it's such a large, heavy ship. I felt God reveal more yesterday, and he showed me that the ship started out as a cruise ship. Everyone on board was doing what they wanted, and the main focus and drive was individual pursuit of happiness. There was disorder, and all were focused on themselves. I can see that during this turning, God is calling us all to wake up and lose this cruise ship mentality. He is calling us to find our places in the body, specifically in the fivefold ministry, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists and apostles. As people found their role, they took their place in the ranks on deck and all gathered under separate coloured banners for the five ministries, different but equal and united. As the ship finally settled into its new course, it had transformed into a warship and the people on board into an army, poised, focused and ready for battle. I sense God is sending the fear of the Lord to the church to wake his people up to their purpose and to call them to a life of disciplined devotion to Jesus, the commander of the army. We will no longer live for pleasure and for ourselves, 
but with a united purpose and identity as the army of the Lord. From this place of unity, submission to him and humility from the revelation of the fear of the Lord, God will release the church into new spheres, knowing they are able to hear his voice with clarity and carry his call without falling into the traps of pride, competition or selfish ambition. And I think that the body of Christ, we as a church, have been in a time of turning during lockdown when the church was, uh, and I'm not talking about just our church, the church as a whole wasn't able to meet, although we, we met on Zoom and, and YouTube and all of this sort of thing. And so we were thinking, what is God saying to us in this lockdown period? And I think it has been, as this rosy lady said, a time of turning we, what we, were, we were once a cruise ship, you know, and we've all been to churches where it's just a social thing. But now we must be a battleship. And as a church, we have been and are in a time of transition. And each one of us must take our place on this battleship and must fulfil our calling in these very last days. It's not an opinion. It is imperative. We are in the biggest spiritual battle of our lives. If we look at the things going on around us in terms of technology, and believe me, I haven't even touched the surface, the only conclusion we can draw is time is running out. The end is near. We have to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus before it's too late. And none of us know when the rapture will happen. But when we look at these, the signs of the times, as we talked about when we, you know, Jesus said, you know, you know how to see the weather and you know, you know how to look for the signs of the weather. But do you know how to look for the signs of the times? And really, I think more than ever now, the signs of the times of the biblical prophetic uh, words, are the, the signs are converging. They were spread out. And okay, we had an earthquake there and a plague there, and a, you know. But now there is so much happening at once. The conversion of the signs are so close that I think the momentum is, is, is keeping up the pace. So we don't know when the rapture will happen. Not even Jesus knows when the rapture will happen. It says in the word that even Jesus doesn't know when the Father, only the Father knows the day and the hour when he will come back. All I know is it will, all I know is it, it will happen. Jesus is coming back. The rapture is going to happen. And what will come upon the earth in the following seven years will be more horrendous than we could ever imagine. That's what the Bible says. In Mark 13, 14 to 33, this is Jesus talking and his disciples have just asked him, what will be the signs of your coming? And he says, when you witness what Daniel prophesied, the disgusting destroyer. Now in Daniel, I can't remember the, the, the chapter, but it's called uh, the, the disgusting destroyer. Or in Daniel, it's called the abomination that causes desolation. So the Antichrist is going to set up in the temple of God and demand that people worship him. Now I know that seems a bit far-fetched, but that's what the Bible says. So it is, you know, the abomination that causes desolation. 
When you witnessed what Daniel prophesied, the disgusting destroyer standing where it must not, let the reader learn what, what it means. So that's, the Bible there is saying, don't just t- you know, do your research at the time that you're in. Let the reader know, uh, learn what it means. Then those in the land of Judah must escape to higher ground. On that day, if you happen to be outside, don't go back inside to gather your belongings. And if you're working out in the field, don't go back home to get a coat. Now, I listened to someone the other day. And he said, because this is how the Antichrist will micromanage everything. So you'll be tracked. And so so the thing is, if you, um, by saying anyone who doesn't worship the beast will die, how will they know who worships the beast and who doesn't? Because I think that AI will have progressed so far that, I mean, we're all tracked at the moment anyway. Anybody who goes on Facebook, in fact, anybody who talks about anything, we need a new sofa. And so we were talking about sofa the other day, and then what comes up on Facebook? Sofa. So somebody's, we're already being tracked. Every, every, you know, all the things that we buy is already being tracked. But I think at this point, um, uh, you know, we will be, we, but the people will be tracked to where they are at any single point. So when the image of the bits, when the Antichrist says, worship me, there's, there'll be some way that they will know who worships, who worships him and who doesn't. And they will go after those who don't. So I think that, you know, and I, and I heard somebody say this the other day, when you're working out in the field, don't get home, go home to get a coat because your house will be so smart that people will track you from there. Okay? It will be especially hard for pregnant women and for those nursing their babies when, they, uh, when those days come. So pray that your escape will not be during the winter months. For this will be a time of great misery, beyond the magnitude of anything the world has ever seen from the beginning of time or ever will see. The Bible is warning us of what that time will be like. Of great misery, beyond the magnitude of anything the world has ever seen from the beginning of time or will ever see. Unless God limits those days, no one would escape. But because of these love for his chosen ones, he will shorten that time of trouble. You see, people will still become Christians during the tribulation because, you know, we're doing all this. So we're talking about the end times and the rapture. So if people haven't become Christians, but they've heard us talk about the rapture, when the rapture actually happens, I think it'll be a wake-up call to go, you know what, this is actually true. And so people will, you know, come hard after the gospel. So I think that because of his love for his chosen ones, he will shorten that time of trouble. I think that he's referring to the people who become Christians during the tribulation. Next slide. And if you hear reports from people saying, look, the Messiah is over here or the Messiah is over there, don't believe it. For there will be imposters falsely claiming to be God's anointed one. And false prophets will arise to perform miracle signs. And if it were possible, they would cause God's chosen ones to wander off the right track. But be alert, be alert for all I prophesy, sorry, be alert for I prophesy all this will happen. Concerning that day and exact hour, no one knows when it will arrive. Not the angels of heaven, not even the son, only the father knows. This is why you must be willing, you must be waiting, watching and praying. Because no one knows when that season of time will come. We need to be watchmen on the walls. Watchmen, you know, in, in Jerusalem, in the, you know, in the Old Testament, they had watchmen on the walls to, to see danger coming and then they would alert uh, all the rest of the armies or the people that were, you know, 
on the ground. So we need to be watchmen in the spirit. We need to look at what's going on, get to know the prophetic that's, that's still to happen, um, and just pray. And so that's, I think that that is, you know, I, I know that it's been really, really difficult. And it's, you know, I've said, I said last week, this has been a really, really difficult message to share. And I have not done this lightly. You know, if God had given me the word, I would have, I would have run, you know, from it. But, you know, I can't give you all of that bad news without giving you the good news. So here it comes, the good bit. And this, I mean, some of this ties in with last week's talk about, you know, COVID and all that sort of stuff. So, Psalm 91. Now, this is my favourite psalm of all the whole Bible. And Psalm 91, verse 4, was given to me when I was baptised. And so this psalm is so precious to me. I've got it on my wall. It's really, really precious to me. So let's read it, shall we? It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. So if you can say that today, if you dwell in the secret place uh, of the Most High, you will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. If you can say about the Lord, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Therefore he will. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Next one. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, we're going to come into that in a few weeks. But his faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the, the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Wow, isn't that fantastic? And I know that Christians who know and love the Lord have died from COVID. But I do think there's a sense in which there is a time for us all to die. The Bible says that. And so I do think, uh, and this is a person, my own personal opinion, that if people have died from COVID, then it was their time to go. God just uses you know, different things. And that was their time to go. So, you know, if you're going, well, how about this and how about that? I would just say, like I've said, you know, there is a time for everyone to die. And so we must put our trust in God's word. Again, it's an exercise of putting our trust 
in God's word and standing on God's word. Get these words into your spirit and trust God or don't and live in fear. Because a lot of Christians have been living in fear. But when we trust God's word above the fear, then that's what we stand on. We trust God. We trust God for our protection. We trust God in everything. And the more you do that and the more you find that it will work, the more, more you, that increases your faith. And if you don't want to, you know, take this as a, as a psalm of protection, well, you can live in fear. The choice is yours. God gives us his word to apply to our lives or we can ignore it and carry on living in fear. So this is really, this was, you know, this is a good bit of all the stuff uh, that, you know, of the, you know, I mean, as I said last week, you may completely disagree with me, and that's your prerogative. It really is. I'm not, I'm not so arrogant to say, this is, you know, this is the word of the Lord. It may well be, but if you disagree, and you know, you've just got to go to the Lord for your, for your own revelation on this, and, I, you know, I suggest that you do. But we can't deny the times that we are living in, the signs that we see, the convergence of the signs. And so I'll leave that with you, Psalm 91. And then other passages that I suggest that you do go to, to and read, other passages you read about the end of days, in Matthew 24, 25, which again is where Jesus, uh, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming? Mark 13, Luke 12, 2 Peter, th- 2 Peter verse 3. Peter, again, you know, there's a lot of stuff about the end of days in Peter because Peter was, his, you know, was one of his disciples. And so I would imagine that they all, you know, they all... Um, had more conversations than is recorded in the Bible. But what he records in the Bible, and John, you know, all through the New Testament, uh, you know, we have the, the, apost- the epistles, and these are written by, you know, people who were with Jesus, or, you know. So take the Bible, you know, at, you know take, take God at his word through the Bible. jdfarrar.org, you'll have a laugh if you... Uh, you know, I, I personally, you know, if you're, if you're faint-hearted, don't listen to that, you know, because he tells it like it is. And, um, you know, I, I believe he's been doing prophetic uh, updates for 14 years. And he also runs uh, a Bible study, so he, he, he isn't just doom and gloom. You know, he does a Bible study as well. And the one that I, I listen to to get a lot of my information today is Olive Tree Ministries. And the one specifically was artificial intelligence summoning the demon. It is a really, really interesting one. You can you can either go on the website, but then I think on the website uh, transfers you over to YouTube. So if you put that title, artificial intelligence summoning the demon, Olive Tree Ministries, it will take you to um, the ladies called Jan Markel, and uh, you know she she does all a lot of of, of this stuff. Really interesting. Um, I do suggest that you uh, recommend that you that you listen to that. It's time for us to know what is really going on in the world, but not just in the world. Put it in the light of biblical prophecy. Back to Ephesians five verse fourteen to twenty. It says, "For the light makes everything visible." This is why it is said, "Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light." So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. 
Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does God want you to do, uh, you know, in this church or in your own lives? What is God's plan for your life? Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. If ever we need joy and a distraction from everything that's going on, it's now. You know, I've kind of, sometimes I've lost my joy when I've been reading some of this. I just think, oh. But then the Lord brought me back to realise the revelation that we are hidden in Christ. He's got us. So I, you know, I have to come back and I praise and I worship, sing spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to wake up. Some of us have been asleep and, uh, you know, we can't be asleep any longer. We have to wake up. We do not have to do it on our own because we are in union with Jesus the Messiah. And the last words Jesus said before he left planet Earth to return to the Father was, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's with us. The last thing he said before he went to heaven was he will never leave us. All the way to the end of the age. And now more than ever, we have to do this. And we're coming into a time as a church where we're reaching out to our community in, here in Swindon. Last week we had, a, we had an outreach. We've, done, we've started time for the time for tea. But if it's only just about tea and cake, then we're absolutely missing the mark. Absolutely missing the mark. And it was great to see, you know, so many people here. And so this is our opportunity to not only give them tea and cake, but to talk to them and to encourage them, you know, to follow Jesus. And this is what we must do. We must be more than a tea and cake church. Okay? Let's be open and available to ask God what he wants us to do and then take our positions on the battleship to bring in the harvest. And so for those on the podcast, I want to ask you if you know Jesus today. If you know him with all your heart, if you've made him Lord of your life. Because if you want to miss the tribulation then you need Jesus in your life we all need Jesus in our life so I want you to say this simple prayer Lord Jesus I want to ask for your forgiveness for the times that I have sinned thank you Lord Jesus for coming on earth to show us your way and to redeem us back to God by your death I acknowledge that I am a sinner And I, don't, I, I acknowledge that you redeemed me you know, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life and light. And I just wanted you to become Lord of my life. I give you my life now. Help me to know you. Reveal yourself through your word to me. 
I'm giving you my life right now in Jesus' name. And for those of you who are Christians, but you feel like you don't know God's will for your life, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you that you have saved me. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to redeem my life. But Lord, I don't want to live on a cruise ship any longer. I want to be part of the battleship. I want to be part of your army. So show me what you would have me do in these, these last days in order to bring your kingdom uh, to earth, in order to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Please would you reveal your will for my life and help me to fulfil it. Thank you, Jesus, that you are mine, that I am hidden in you and I don't have to do it on my own, but you are with me. Holy Spirit, thank you that you guide me and you direct my life. Would you do that now from this day forward in Jesus' name? Father, I just thank you for these people, whether uh, you know, they're, they're listening to this and they've, they've just become Christians or whether you know, um, we're already Christians. I mean, we just want to uh, thank you. We just want to say, please use us, each one, in these last days. So I just give you all these people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Where salvation is needed, save. Where healing is needed, um, heal. Where encouragement is needed and passion, light the flame again within each one of us for your kingdom. And give us this reassurance that you are with us, even to the very end of the age. In Jesus' name, Amen. Mm -hmm.